Good morning. Today is Friday, April 10th, 2020. My name's Keith. I'm the worship pastor at Green Acres Baptist Church in Athens, Georgia. I just want to remind everyone about our Good Friday prayer and scripture reading time later today at 6 p.m. If you have already signed up, thank you for doing so. If you haven't, sign up at the show notes below and plan to join us this evening at 6 p.m. on Zoom. Of Jesus the Nazarene And wonder how he could love me A sinner condemned unclean. Well, today we have the privilege of hearing from our children's minister, Rhonda. Rhonda, are you still with me? Yeah, I'm here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're here with us. So Rhonda, I'm very glad that you're here with us today, especially because I have some questions for you pertaining to Good Friday. As you know, I'm a new father, and all of a sudden, I am thinking about things that I would have never considered before. For example, as my son grows older, how do I talk about things like Good Friday? How do I talk about death? Or uh, how do I talk about this being a quote-unquote good day? When's it appropriate to introduce new ideas like this? How can I actually learn from my son? and try to understand Good Friday from a child's perspective. So if it's okay, I'm just going to launch some of these questions to you. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So my first question, if Good Friday is the day that we observe Jesus' death, why do we call it a Good Friday? Um, yeah, such a good question. And my kids have definitely asked me that. Um, it doesn't really seem like a very good day when you first think about it. Um but we definitely do want to talk to our kids about, uh, you know, the meaning behind Good Friday and Jesus' crucifixion in a way that is age-appropriate for them and meets their emotional level, too. Um, and as parents, of course, we always want to protect our kids from anything that's sad or scary. Um, and I have had friends that they don't even show their kids some Disney movies because they feel like they're just too sad, like um, The Lion King or Bambi movies where there's kind of death at the beginning of the movie. Um, and I totally get that. So, um, you know, it might seem like a pretty sad day at first, but for Christians, um, it is a good day for us because it's the story of how Jesus saved us. And, you know, it, it had to happen that way. God planned it that way. And um, it's definitely a good thing for those of us that have sinned and need a Savior. Yeah. What are some of the results of um, exposing children to emotional stories like Jesus's death? Like like you said, uh, we don't want to take it lightly, these, these conversations or these topics. So uh, what are some of the results maybe of exposing children to things like this? Right. And um, it is kind of tricky sometimes, but um, when we tell our kids these stories, you know, it does give them a chance to experience um, their emotions to hard things like this, you know, when we're there to kind of help guide them and answer their questions. Um, and of course, the story of Good Friday is even more emotional for us all because it actually happened. It's a true story. And for believers, you know, it's um, really sad that someone that we look up to and um, care about died that day. Um, and some kids are going to separate themselves from a story they hear really easily and understand that that happened um, to someone else. Uh, but some kids will actually internalize, you know, the feelings of 
the people in the story and they'll need to talk about that and really to process what they're thinking. And, um, you know, it might make them emotional too. Um, and I remember when Caleb was about five years old, um, it was Easter week and we read the story of Jesus's crucifixion in a children's Bible. And when we were finished, he just said, that is the saddest story I have ever heard. Um, and it really, yeah, it struck me because I realized, you know, that he, he got it. Um, and it is a really sad story. Um, Jesus was innocent and he suffered and he gave his own life to save us. And some people, you know, may not even end up accepting that sacrifice that he gave. Um, but that's not the end of the story. It's definitely not the saddest story that we can ever hear because Jesus is the hero that rescued us all from destruction. And two days later, he would rise again and be alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so we are, we are going to focus this evening, actually, our, our Good Friday uh, time of prayer and scripture reading. We're, we're going to read a lot of uh, sad scripture so we kind of yeah. look at the last couple verses or chapters, I guess, in the book of Matthew and just read through right. exactly what the Bible says about Jesus's death. And I'm, I'm just wondering, um, when, sh- when should we bring children into to, to maybe even the graphic language that the Bible uses? Or how do we talk to our children about these these heavy subjects, whether it's, you know, in, as, as a group together in a faith community or just on our own as parents talking to our children? Yeah, um, such good questions. And um, there are a lot of great children's Bibles out there, especially for preschoolers that, um, you know, meet them on their level. And um, just for older preschoolers, um, the Jesus Storybook Bible by Sally Lloyd-Jones is one of my very favorite versions because um, it just, it talks about some of the harder stories in the Bible. You know, it really has truth in the stories, but it's also always pointing every story back towards God's plan for Jesus to rescue the people that he loves through Jesus dying on the cross. So um, the whole Bible is almost, um, you know, building to that climax moment, you know, of um, Jesus dying on the cross. So I think it does make it um, more of a good story, even though it's a hard thing mm-hmm. to hear. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I, I think, um, I think stories in particular, you know, as we grow older, I know at least I notice in myself, um, I become disillusioned sometimes or where I used to enjoy reading novels or stories. Uh, sometimes I feel like I get so busy having to read other things that I don't really have time for stories anymore. Um, right. I, I think we lose some something about ourselves when we stop listening or being impacted or changed by the stories around us all the time. Do you have, do you have any thoughts about how stories impact or affect children? Yeah, I mean it's it's always really special as a parent to um, to get to experience things again with your kids, and I feel like I learn uh, just by teaching them every day. Um, but one of the things that I love about great stories is that you just want to hear them again and again, even when they have components that are sad or scary. And even when you already know the ending. Um, and I remember when Lucas was little, we, let, we read the story Charlotte's Web together, which also has kind of a sad ending. And at the end, he started crying 
and I felt bad. And I said, oh, no, was it too sad? And he just said, no, I want to read it again. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and it was really sweet. But, um, you know, every time you read a great story, I feel like you notice something about it that maybe you didn't notice before. And for me, that's what the story of Jesus's crucifixion is like, because every version of it, whether it's from a children's Bible or not, and every person that retells it, um, tells it in a little bit different way and emphasizes different things. And every time I hear it, I feel like I learn something different that I hadn't really thought about before. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's great. I think, um, I think there's a reason that the biblical authors or, or Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that they would have written about Jesus's life and his death in a story format. Um, right. Not, not just like a, an essay <laughs> for college, but yeah, a story. Definitely. I, I feel like that's maybe something we can learn from children about how to process um, emotions and stories the way that they do. Definitely. Yeah. Well, thank you for being here with me today. I'm glad glad you were here. I'm looking forward to being able to meet together again. You've been putting out a, a lot of um, a lot of videos and stuff for our children. If there's anyone yeah. listening that uh, either doesn't know about it or um, or doesn't uh, doesn't receive that already, what's the best way that they can get a hold of you to get some of that stuff? Um, they can email um, really any of us at the church, me or Pastor Cameron or um, just comment on one of our Facebook pages, um, the Green Acres Facebook page, and let us know, and we can definitely get those links to you. I'd love to send them out. Yeah, okay. Well, thank you very much. Again, I'm glad you're here with us. If you're listening and you're not already signed up for our Good Friday service, you can do so. Even if you don't sign up, you can still join us. Just click on the the Zoom link, and if you don't know how to use Zoom, that's okay. We'll walk you through everything and and try to figure it all out together. We'll do the best we can, but we are going to gather virtually. You know, this is all that we have right now to pray and reflect and to read the story about Jesus's death. So thank you again, Rhonda, for being with us. Yeah, thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Well, we are going to read a lot of scripture together this evening, but there's one that I think would be especially appropriate for us to read together right now. This is from Isaiah 52 and 53, the suffering servant. But before we read, let me pray. Holy and loving God, as we prepare to set aside our busyness and to focus intensely on Jesus' suffering and death, we ask for eyes to see all of the amazing things that Jesus' death means for understanding you, your love, and your salvation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Isaiah 52, 13-53, 12 See, my servant will act wisely. He will be raised and lifted up and highly exalted. Just as there were many who were appalled at him, his appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any human being. And his form marred beyond human likeness. So he will sprinkle many nations, and kings will shut their mouths because of him. For what they were not told, they will see, and what they have not heard, they will understand. Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, 
a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised, and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. Yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and to cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days. And the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with transgressors. For he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. 